What's up, podcast populace, and welcome to the Gossip Cafe, known as the Brain Trust Countdown, the one-stop shop for hot takes and hot cakes, where three best friends count down their top picks on things we always want to talk about, but never actually bring up. As always, I'm your man, Alan, and I'm with my two co-hosts. To my digital left, you have the myth known as AP. AP, say something to the lovely people listening today. Uh, I take exception to the hot cakes thing. I don't know where that came from and what we're referring to when we talk about these cakes, but I need some more information. But as far as everybody listening out there, thank you for tuning in to what will no doubtedly be another ridiculous episode. <laughs> thank you. And then to my digital right, you have the legend known as Anthony and a man whose favorite flavored jello is plain. Say hi to the folks listening today. There's no way you're going to tell these people my favorite flavor is plain. It's key lime. Don't listen to you. Key lime. And by the way, are hotcakes the same thing as pancakes? Because I'm thinking back to my, my McDonald's days and I feel like it's the same thing, more or less. Yeah, hotcakes and, okay. and pancakes okay. are the same thing. There you go. Yeah. It's just another way of saying it, and it's a play on words of hot takes and hot cakes. You understand? That's why it's called the Gossip Cafe. I don't know if it's really is it a play on words. It's I don't know if that okay, whatever, whatever. Okay, well, (laughs) clearly you guys aren't paying attention, so let's just move past it. All right, let's just move past it, gentlemen. How we feeling today? I mean, okay. It's uh, it's another uh, beautiful night in this. what do we call it? Lockdown, the super lockdown. So, you know, <laughs> everything good comes out of this. I woke yeah. up today, had a piece of toast. That was fun. Um, so, you know, good stuff all around. How about you guys? <laughs> Thomas, how are you feeling? I, I didn't have any toast, but my day was otherwise pretty good. I've, I've recently rediscovered Rice Krispie Squares. And uh, when I say rediscovers, I mean, I mean crippling addiction, but they're brown rice. So <laughs> some small part of me feels like they're good for me. And that's that's what keeps me going. I mean, they're definitely not good for you. Wow. I need yeah. to reiterate how much sugar is inside Rice Krispies oh. treats, regardless of white rice versus brown rice. It's still yeah. horrendously bad for you. Eat it's a rice snack, cake. <laughs> it's crackle, it's pop, and it's brown rice. It's like the fourth member of their, their squad. And I, I, I would like to think they would set me up for success with all the nutrients I need. We don't got to get into this, but... He's yeah. the he's the racial hire. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this is we're off to a great start. In any case, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're gonna be talking about our top three TV couples. To help us talk about today's topic, we have a special guest host. Joining us today to help us count down our top three couples is someone who I actually think might be the most enjoyable people I know. She's a very literal dancing queen, a sommelier of cheesy icebreakers and pickup lines, but more importantly, she teaches a masterclass on how to Halloween. Please welcome to the show the wickedly talented Adele Nazim. I mean, Liana Danger Petritus. Liana, say hi. Thank you so much. Hi, thank you. What an introduction. I love that. You can come around with me to every Zoom meeting and that would be wonderful. (laughs) I'm so happy you enjoyed it. How are you feeling, Liana? I feel really great. I'm excited to be here. Um, I also want to advocate for hot cakes that they are just like pancakes, but they sell faster. (laughs) They do sell faster. <laughs> Nothing quite sells like them. Oh, that's a really oh. good point. Yeah, that's the differentiator. Okay, now let's settle this once and for all. Are we team waffles or are we team pancakes? I mean, I, I don't know. It <laughs> depends. It depends on the breakfast. What am I having it with? Uh, let's just call it like a Saturday morning breakfast. You've you've had a nice Friday night, but you're waking mm-hmm. up late on a Saturday morning and you have the choice between a freshly made pancake and a freshly made waffle. What are we going with? If it's just on its own, waffles, because pancakes are, are partner foods. You can't eat pancakes whoa, by yourself. Whoa. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. You don't eat pancakes by themselves. Wait, what do you mean by themselves? Like, what about with fruit or with, Okay, like, see, that, that's fine. Uh, you can eat them okay. with fruit and whatnot. It just seems like where we're at right now is we're just saying it's on a plate. There's a waffle syrup. on a plate. And there's a pancake on a plate. And syrup is a given. You need syrup, like, for both of them. So, like, we can share those. But I'm just saying if we're just looking at them just being there, just sitting there just by themselves and all I can use is syrup, I'm going for a waffle. Pancakes, you need to dress it up a little bit. They're, they're fancy breakfasts. 
That's a fancy breakfast. Waffle, anybody can eat a waffle. Listen, we're not in prison, okay? We're not <laughs> saying that you have to eat a pancake completely on its own. Do you think they get pancakes in prison, though? I don't, I don't know. know. I've never been. Yeah. No, oh, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I can tell you. I feel like they do. You eat a lot of pancakes <laughs> in prison. <laughs> they make oh, you eat a lot of pancakes in prison. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot about that scared straight episode you were on. <laughs> <laughs> that was a harrowing 24 hours, let me tell you. <laughs> Did you know that twice. they used to serve they used to serve lobster in prison because it was so cheap and now it's like this delicacy but I also have a hot take on lobster that people who like lobster are only like butter because that's what you're like just soaking it in butter to make it bearable. That's a good take. I like that. Like lobster, you like butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody who likes lobster likes lobster. Like if you like lobster eat it on its own tell me you like it. Exactly. It's flavorless. It's kind of like a weird consistency. But when you all of a sudden trench it in butter, it's the most delicate thing on the planet. And you have you can charge like $96 for it. But on yeah, its own. It's a vessel for butter. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I you want to know that someone at Big Lobster is listening to this right now. <laughs> they're, they're like, how dare they? <laughs> See that or fish net back into the sea. <laughs> it's either that or or there's someone there's like they're on to us we got to change yeah. up everything you're gonna yeah, start being set, <laughs> sold with syrup in the next couple of weeks trust me <laughs> change it up uh, after the break we're going to be counting down our top three tv couples well i suppose we should begin welcome 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 to the brain trust countdown three two one here we go All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this wild ride today. Like I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about our top three TV couples. And I imagine that there's going to be a lot of controversy, a little bit more yelling than we're used to, but hopefully it remains respectable. I'm looking at you, Thomas. Remains respectable. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to be counting down our top three TV couples, but our dear friend AP is actually going to be moderating today's episode. Mostly because he doesn't believe in love. Isn't that right? It's not that I don't believe in love. I just think the construct of love is a problem. No, I'm kidding. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really just because Valentine's Day and all this, all, all this stuff that goes along with it. People who know me know I'm a person who very heavily criticizes it. Not to say it's a bad thing, but I have my own opinion. So because of that... Probably wouldn't be great listening. So I'm just going to moderate this one. Sit out. Because of that, sitting this one out. Yeah. We all thank you. Sorry. Someone call that a hot take, if you will. But or a hot take. Um, so, but yes, I'm just going to make sure that these jamokes let Leanna say all the things that she needs to say and make mm. sure we keep this episode moving along. So on that note, mm. let's go. How are we doing this? I believe Mr. Anthony has his number three in the chamber. So let's go with that one first. I'll kick it off. Number three. So first of all, I'm going to say I am uh, highly opinionated about this topic, about TV couples. I am obviously, uh, as you all know, uh, highly opinionated about TV in general. So this was a fun one to research uh, and I had a blast doing it. I don't know. I guess my, the overarching theme for all of my picks without getting, giving too much away is that they're all comedic pairings. I didn't actually have very many, you know, drama relationships on my list, on my short list. Okay. Um, but my first comedic pairing, uh, one that I'm very proud of digging out of the uh, the archives, uh, I'm going to give it to Laura Winslow and Stefan Urkel. Not Steve Urkel, Stefan Urkel. So a little background for anybody who's never seen Family Matters before. Uh, it is a show about a next door neighbor slash Uber nerd uh, who does nothing but pester the family that lives next door, including the um, police officer father, played by Reginald V. Johnson and uh, Carl Winslow, and, uh, and his daughter and his, the rest of his family. Now, Steve and Laura started off a bit of a more tumultuous relationship. Uh, Steve knew he was infatuated with Laura from the very beginning. Uh, he tried for almost two decades to, to land a relationship with her and got himself absolutely nowhere. Um, maybe it was the constantly asking for cheese. Maybe it was wearing <laughs> high water ass pants. Maybe he was smashing through every coffee table he, he that, that had the, the, the poor fortune of being in the same room as him. I don't know. But uh, Steve was not, was not suitable for Laura. Up until 
he built a machine that he used to completely rewrite his genetic code and come out of the pod a better fit for Laura and frankly, a cooler person overall. So he never gave up, he was resilient, uh, and most importantly, as a young impressionable um, uh, individual, I guess at the time kid and then teenager, uh, it taught me that uh, changing your looks solves everything, including not being able to get the girl on your dreams. So, I am giving points to Stefan Urkel and Laura Winslow, my third favorite TV couple of all time. Come at me. Um, I have so much to say about this and <laughs> none of it. I can't wait. None of it is positive. None of it. <laughs> none of this is positive for the simple fact that the overarching theme that you have so eloquently described is that this person will never love you for who you actually are until you change yourself scientifically. <laughs> you understand this? He had to morph himself into a completely separate person, including new clothes, but might I add. Better clothes. Yeah. <laughs> for him to actually get any attention from Laura. I hate it. I hate it for so that, much. For that reason, I love it. I want to say <laughs> more men, more men need to take notes and be different and change and like figure <laughs> your shit out. You know, how many movies do you see that the girl is like the nerd and then she takes her glasses off and she's, oh my God, she's hot. Who knew? You know what? Let's flip it. I love it. Change it up. Become the man that she wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do whatever it. it takes to whatever be the takes. person she wants. Exactly. Change your personality. Change your clothes. <laughs> Figure out a way to recombine your DNA until you're good <laughs> enough for her. This That's is the right. lesson he was teaching us, you know? Stefan Urkel. And at, I think at the end of the series, he ended up splitting himself into both a Steve and a Stefan. And Steve had, you know, a girlfriend that liked him for who he was. And Stefan had Laura. And everybody lived happily ever after. That's a win-win. And which me. couple was happier? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think like I have I have to jump in and say my biggest issue with with this is that it just goes against everything you're trying to build because you're like he changed everything about himself and then Laura loved him but she didn't love him like there was even an episode where she was like Steve you never should change who you are be exactly who you are now I'm going I'm going to marry your clone who then has changed <laughs> his DNA to be the person that I want that is so far removed from a win, I can't even see it. Okay. I don't understand. So I feel like I actually laid the perfect trap for you here because one could make the argument that what Laura's most attracted to is his intelligence. And the way of demonstrating that intelligence is by pulling off this scientific miracle. So really she does like him for who he is. What he did with that knowledge is just happened to transform himself. But she loved the fact that he could do it. So give her points. No, she still didn't marry him. She married his clone. That wasn't. That also wasn't him. I don't know. It, it's fine. It's fine. I have so many logistical questions with his clone. Does he have his own social insurance number? Like, what's his work history? Where does he live? I mean, like, you don't just materialize that kind of stuff. I, I don't sense. think any of that was an actual concern because you never saw Steve Urkel's parents. He was abandoned from, <laughs> from the moment we met that character. So I don't think any of that government paper trail is going to be an issue for Steve or Stefan. Let's be real. So we've decided the he's the perfect, perfect assassin. Perfect. Or the weird Bruce Lee clone that they also spun up one time that was... Kind of racist, yeah. <laughs> Very racist. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's roll on. What else do we have on the docket? I think Miss Leanna is up next with her, mm -hmm. with her number three. Oh, sure. My number three is sort of uh, building off of toxic couples. You, you, you got to have one on your list. So my number three choice is the tumultuous and hot and inspira inspiration for my outfit tonight, uh, Chuck and Blair from Gossip Girl. Uh, <laughs> That's there's incredible. A lot of there's a lot of reasons for this. First of all, uh, I have a theme also in my top three choices, and my theme is not the main character couple. 
because the main character couple is always like so whiny and drama and the second couple underneath is always the fun one so like chuck and blair are no different they have so much fun they're really spicy like they're problematic as hell like chuck gets pretty (laughs) rapey in season one and like we we have to move on from it it was a different time but you know it was like he was scary but (laughs) you know you just can't deny this chemistry that they have fashionable as hell they both look Mm. amazing all the time they are um and then there's like a very strong relatability of being absolutely repulsed by someone but really wanting them i feel like all of us i mean (laughs) I'll speak for myself. I've gone through it. She's something. You're like, oh, how could I? I would never. But there's said, something about you. And we all thought you. of someone immediately. Right. Yeah. We're just like, yep. There's got to be that. at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For all those reasons, that's they're my number three. Plus, he has a catchphrase. It's like, come on. Can you remind people? Oh, of course. I'm Chuck Bass. It's simple. <laughs> they keep it very simple. But, you know, I'm picture me. I'm a 16-year-old girl. I'm like, oh, my God, that's rich, problematic couple I'll never <laughs> be. You have to let yourself into that fantasy for a moment because my other two couples are much more healthy and normal so <laughs> to have one that's crazy had to have one that was a problem wow. yeah i'll go first and say that i absolutely adore this pick <laughs> this pick is fantastic chuck bass is the um <laughs> he's the reason why gossip girl was so watchable for me in its first seasons i didn't mm-hmm. like anybody else on that show but for some reason chuck bass's like confidence and swag and his just his presence was so intoxicating that I'll admit it, I wanted to be Chuck Bass a little bit, but minus the aforementioned um, forwardness. Yeah. Yes, I was going to avoid that word, but I, I no, it, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Chuck Bass is cool in my books, minus the rapiness. Yes. Yeah, yeah they did you? him dirty. They wrote him dirty in the first season. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> they, they did. Absolutely. They wrote him dirty. But you know what? At least as time went on with Chuck, I, I got to like, I got to say, I love the fact that the first two couples, I know who they are. Um, <laughs> I quite enjoy Chuck and Blair. I actually have the same take as Alan. I thought Chuck, Chuck Bass was the coolest, the coolest thing. Walking on two legs when that show uh, came out. And like he was even my uh, iPhone background for a little bit. And all those problematic what? scenes came up and i was just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna take this down so eventually <laughs> I, I got there but yeah i thought he was dope what do you well, think thomas that. what do you got so i've never seen a single episode of gossip girl i've heard really oh. good things about it but i've i've never found myself yeah i never found the time to sit down and go through it so i don't mm-hmm. have any I don't have anything worthwhile to contribute to this conversation, but I kind of want to rewind it back to the Mm -hmm. iPhone wallpaper. Absolutely. Because (laughs) I need to know what was so awesome about this character that you were like, I need to carry with me at all times. It was a style, bro. That's what it was. It was the outfits, man. He was stylish. And the man could wear a scarf like no one else. <laughs> and, he would, and dude rocked yellow pants better than anybody I've ever seen. I've, look, if people who know Including me know, like, I love no, wait, yellow pants and the mask. <laughs> In my opinion, there are, only, there are only two people that can rock yellow pants. One is mm-hmm. Chuck Bass. The other is Farnsworth Bentley. Everybody That's else true. cannot That's wear true. yellow pants. Yo, what a throwback. I wonder what he's doing right now. Probably not much. Not rapping. Yeah, <laughs> very little. <laughs> Just sleeping on a pile of umbrellas. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony, I do want to say that if you're watching Bridgerton, Gossip Girl walked so Bridgerton could run. You could run, and <laughs> you need to, you must educate yourself. <laughs> it's True. disrespectful that you that you're watching Bridgerton and not Gossip Girl. Okay, so I need to I need to set the record straight. This is a little off air banter for anyone listening. Now I have not seen Bridgerton, but I've heard excellent things about oh, okay, Bridgerton. I am okay, considering okay. watching it. So knowing that Gossip Girl was the the a spiritual. A uh, precursor to Bridgerton that actually puts it in a better light for me. So I don't know. Is Gossip Girl <laughs> on Netflix? Where can one? Where can one digest this content? 
I'm sure it is. I think I rewatched it recently. Either gossip, either uh, Netflix or Crave. Yeah, there you go. Okay. It's on. Alan, I'm going to need your Crave login. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So we got two great couples so far. Two good picks. Now we got Alan. What do you got, man? Your your uh, your number three has a lot to live up to. So Ooh. let's see. It's got a lot to live up to, and I'm confident in saying that my number three uh, will trump everybody else's number three. Whoa. My number three takes us back to a uh, windy city of Chicago, Illinois, and we meet a lovely biracial couple by the name of Brad Williams and Jane Kirkovich Williams. We're going to the Damn world it. of happy endings, people, and we're introducing you to the world of Brad and Jane, who are the epitome of love on this show they always have each other's back they're always in each other's jokes and uh they support each other like no one else does on the show everybody else on the show is kind of like backstabby and kind of crummy as a person but jane and brad always have each other's backs and liana you had mentioned earlier that how you want the man to sort of break down who he is to become the man that <laughs> that the lady wants and this is a shining example of that they met on the real world san diego i believe and um <laughs> and brad had dreadlocks first jane completely shaped him up to be like the suit wearing business person who's just reeks of success and they are absolutely brilliant. I promise you, you have nothing bad to say about Brad and Jane Kirkovich Williams. Okay, so I haven't watched this show. Um, <gasps> I'm sorry. I know I, all of you just. <gasps> I'm so I'm good. Just very two sorry. quick seasons. Two quick seasons. I will do it. Um, the one thing I'll say is that Brad sounded cooler before. Like, boo! No what? Wear suits and ugh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong he was really cool beforehand but he's still equally cool post jane but i cannot recommend one show more to anybody to yourself or people who haven't watched mm -hmm. this show happy endings is a borderline perfect tv show it's hilarious from top to bottom. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a masterpiece. It's a great show. Oh, yeah. High praise uh, from all corners of this podcast. I was waiting for the day we would shout out Happy Endings. It might be one of the funniest shows in TV history. So if you haven't watched it, Happy Endings. Um, I'm angry about this because your number three could have so easily been on my list. For whatever reason, they just didn't make the cut for me. You're your description starting your number three was kind of my number two. So I was like, wait, are you about to say who I'm thinking? About to? But uh, the one key detail change, uh, you'll see it's not them. But Brad and Jane, I absolutely live for. Um, that is the, the, the couple I aspire to be. I couldn't think of a more perfect or be a part of, not be. I don't want to be two people who stand on this right. Um, but I can't, and I can't imagine... <laughs> Um, I can't imagine a better TV couple. They are supportive of one another. Their in-jokes are super funny. When they fight, it's super funny. Um, the rest of the group hates them because they are such a like a unit together. Uh, and and Jane's competitive nature is 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 unrivaled. It, it, it probably makes one of the makes for one of the best characters who like drives forward a plot in any any comedy I've seen. So she's yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those shows where I'm convinced that the people in the show aren't acting. That's just <laughs> how they are. Yeah. yeah. AP, what are your thoughts know. on this? Uh, I mean, it's happy endings. I have nothing but good things to say about happy endings. I think Brad and Jane are a great couple. I don't think I could be in a relationship like that. I can't be with somebody so neurotic, but it seems to work for the two of them that like her neurotic nature kind of keeps him in tow. And then they just kind of, you know, they play off of each other. I think it's fantastic. And it was a very good point to add that they are drivers of all the main action of the show. I didn't actually look at it like that. I always kind of just watched it for what it is, but you're right. Everybody else on that show is kind of a shitty person, but those two, uh, <laughs> those two make sure things move forward in the right way. So good pick. I think, yeah, I think that's a really good pick. Um, so we'll move on to Anthony's number two. And I'm interested to hear, I'm assuming biracial still 
It's <laughs> part of this, but we're gonna see. We're gonna you see if it's coupled. Better by believe it. So this one, uh, this one, as I was sort of scouring all the top TV couples over time, I, I think I had like glanced at it and I, I gave it. I put it in the back of my head while I continued to do some research, and I was like, no, you know what? They deserve to be in the top three, nay, the top two. Um, and so the 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 one differentiator from um, from Allen's is not Chicago, uh, but New York City, uh, where they met at their first day. Uh, her first day, I should say, at Shulman and Associates. I'm talking about doctors Mindy Lahiri and Dr. Danny Castellato from <laughs> The Mindy Project. A fantastic love story told over the course of five seasons that started with two characters. I think the neuroses thing you just actually mentioned, AP, is something I'm attracted to in TV <laughs> couples because my two picks are going to have that common, that theme, my last two picks. Uh, but Mindy is <laughs> Mindy is a, a complete terror. She has nothing together. <laughs> she eats at only chain restaurants because she lives for the service. Whereas Danny Castellato uh, runs as tight as a watch. Um, he works out every day. His favorite channel is the Weather Network. These are two polar <laughs> opposites um, of people. And somehow over the course of their relationship, um, and this may just be a TV trope that I just fall for every time, but they start off really despising one another because there's such a mismatch of, of these two characters. Then they grow into a friendship where they look out for each other because they can identify one another's, you know, missing pieces and, and they can look out for one another. And then it grows and blossoms into a romance. And that's exactly what happened with Danny and Mindy. And nobody saw it coming. I mean, at least in terms of like other characters on the show, nobody saw it coming. Once it happened, it kind of made total sense. Then they went through a weird period. I don't want to spoil it too much for anyone that hasn't watched the mini project, but they went through a weird period where they didn't seem like a good fit together. And then as the show kind of rounded itself out, it seems like things worked out for the, for the best uh, without spoiling too much. But I am a huge fan of both of these characters individually and together. And I don't know, I've, I've had some like pure laughing fits just watching some of the misadventures that the two of them have gotten into with one another based on their, their shared history. So Mindy and Danny, uh, absolutely giving them my number two. I love Great it. Pick. Great I love pick. It. I like it. I oh. I like characters who are whole characters on their own, and then they become a couple, and they become even better and like complementary to each other. Mm -hmm. I love that they need each other. They're, like these two people on their own are like so annoying, but the way that they play <laughs> off each other works so well. You know, the like super uptight dude, like not funny, and her like quirky weird but real I, I like it i like them together i didn't even think of them good one no so funny and danny's yeah. glasses that break apart in the middle and then come the <laughs> you got the you got the black auntie glasses i've seen those <laughs> a black auntie every black think, auntie i've ever had is added they come apart at the center and you have the band at the yeah. back so they don't fall backwards. They just hang around your neck, which is mm -hmm. preposterous. But you usually take, like, unclip them and then just clip them around their neck just to make sure they hold. So, you know, they're back <laughs> all over the place. I'm ready for that to be, like, a fashion trend. That's coming. Look out. Bring it back. Yes. We should be the catalyst. We're the ones that called it. Yeah. 20, 2021 glasses that separate in the center. I'm Big telling you, we could, first. yeah, we could buy them on Amazon Prime right now and we can get them shipped to our individual homes because <laughs> we can't see each other right now. So <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, I will say um, I do enjoy this pick. Uh, I uh, just, as Leanne said, I, I did not see this one coming. So kudos to you, sir. Um, the only the only thing I take umbrage with is the fact that like I always really related to Danny like I always related to him and I just and people and, and everybody in the show was like oh he's so weird why I was like I don't understand like he just he just keeps a good schedule I don't is that not like he has a way he likes to do things is that not normal does everyone not have so I don't know maybe maybe it was too much looking in the mirror for me did you use umbrage in a yeah, yeah. yeah big brain energy words <laughs> You unlocked the word of the day. <laughs> Umbridge. I love you are very Danny Castellano curmudgeonly. I will say that. You, you I mean, definitely have that in common. So I, I relate, I realize I relate to a lot of characters who are just curmudgeon. And I feel like I feel like another one's gonna come up somewhere in this list. I have one in my mind and I'm waiting to see if it if it does. If not, honorable mention time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Now we're we're going to move on a little bit, and we're we're going back to Liana. You're right. number two, madam. Uh, I have a sort of I have a segue. These two are are characters that didn't like each other at first. This is also coming out of my teenage years, a series that is very close to my heart, and they are the amazing and lovely Seth and Summer from the OC. <laughs> These two are for me. This is the relationship. This is the rom-com dream for me. Again, I'm probably like 16 watching The OC and my dreams of who I will end up with are now shaped by Seth Cohen, the (laughs) weird but lovable hipster nerd who has his takes on everything but it's like so lovely and so lovable. Again, this is like, maybe this is a thing for me, similar to how, Anthony, you have this neurotic thread going through your couples. Mine is probably the like, you like someone that you weren't supposed to like. When when Summer realizes that she likes Seth and she goes like, oh my God, I like Seth Cohen. (laughs) Beautiful moment in television. Uh, I haven't seen it <laughs> done before. I'm sure it's been done before, but in my years of, you know, watching TV. And then the other thing I love about them is that, you know, they went through some bad stuff together, but it wasn't like a gross, whiny way, like Marissa and Ryan, who are constantly, you know, wow, wow, wow. Life is so dramatic and we're 17. It's more just, you know, regular stuff. There's like so many cute things throughout the show. Like, hello, that Spider-Man kiss. Adorable. I know all of us are just waiting for ours. Yep. Uh, <laughs> still to this day. I am to this day. Not too yeah. late. He named his <laughs> boat the Summer Breeze. Because that's Grand gesture. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I remember that grand reveal. because She's like, oh, this is my boat, Summer Breeze. It's like, oh, that's my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, I mean, they're like little plastic horses, Captain Oats and Princess Sparkle. Captain iconic. Mm. iconic. Iconic. Just iconic. She dresses as like Wonder Woman for him. Oh, uh, it's It's wonderful. It's uh, my second pick. And that's all I have to say about them. It is a very much a chef's kiss to mm. Summer and Seth. Um, for me, I will say that uh, on the record, I absolutely adore this pick. It was right outside of my top three. And the only Ooh. reason why it's not in my top three is because I was almost confident that somebody else would have picked it. So I left it out so to, to keep it for somebody else. Um, when Seth Cohen uh, managed to get one of the pretty popular girls, I it was a sign of inspiration for me because I grew up kind of like a comic book nerd, that guy that like, you know, didn't really know how to talk to girls and was always like overlooked. But now uh, that Seth managed to get himself like uh, the girl that he's always wanted, that was a sign of hope for me personally. I was like, oh, like if Seth can do it, I can do it. And then all of a sudden, all these really um, like popular people started to look at like, oh, maybe comic book nerds are kind of cute. I was like, ooh. I found my way in and there. Oh yeah. He paved the way I feel for like so many young dudes like you being like, Oh, I could be, could I be hot? And like (laughs) they they found themselves. Yeah. Seth Cohen walked so the rest of us could run. Right. (laughs) That's right. Don't steal our thing and use it in a different thing. (laughs) It's okay. I'll allow it. (laughs) Interesting. I I like, I like listening to this from like, I will say an outside perspective because I didn't ever watch the OC myself, but listening to this, this couple sounds actually pretty sickening. Like the kind of couple Mm. that you would sit next to and be like, they're, they like each other a little too much. That's, that's what this feels like to me, but, but I digress. I'm interested. There's still so much, like, they don't love everything about each other. They're not like Mm. sickening sweet, like, oh my God, babe. Like they're very much like, a couple it's like okay shut up you're being annoying oh and i love yeah. that <laughs> it's like that's my, yeah. that's my type of relationship <laughs> they have, yeah they have like a lot of very like sweet moments in the show but throughout there's a lot of like her just being like ugh, cohen you know annoyed by him but also like can't can't not love him yeah she she struggles with wanting to see him at all and constantly making out with him so it's like, it, it's this weird, like, balance thing. 
in any case, well, I love it. I feel like they did it in such a smart way because I was, I think at that point I had been used to like um, Mila Kunis and, and Ashton Kutcher's uh, mm. Jackie and Michael. Uh, and they were like another one that were, I, I almost didn't even make my honorable mention list if I'm being honest, but, but I was, what Seth and Summer offered was so different than that, that like, it was just, it was hard not to fall in love with them as a couple. I completely remember those days. I remember being obsessed with, with that ever, you know, that ever, um, you know, encroaching relationship between the two of them, that will they, won't they, that took a little bit of time and then eventually got there. Absolutely a big fan. The only question I posed to this group is, and you had to know this was coming, did you not think Anna posed a legitimate threat to the Seth and Summer relationship? Absolutely I did. And I loved 100%. Anna. Anna I, was I so too. cool. She was fantastic. But they they did it so well that like Seth and Anna were too similar and it wouldn't work. And she knew it and she had to go off and do her thing. Mm-hmm. And then later on she comes back and she's looking beautiful as ever. I love Anna as a character and I like what they did with her. And I like that Seth and Summer had their like split and he, he like they both explored other people. Um, uh, even Alex, remember Alex? Olivia Wilde's character. Yeah, I know. Yeah, wow. To put it as they put it, um, it's always been you. Oh. My heart. Skip to the beat. It's been you. Skipping a beat. Oh, oh I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That one hurt. That one hurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't I know Olivia Wilde had like uh, had a part in the OC. Uh, Olivia yeah. Wilde was on the OC before she was really Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's right. She yeah. was just O dubs. Yeah, pretty much. She no one's the ever called her that. Uh, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> I think the part that was the most uh, crushing to me was even Leanna's delivery of the line, it was always you. It's her, like, soft delivery that just it hits you right in that, like, dark spot in your heart where it just mm-hmm. penetrates everything and just like, oh, Leanna, we love you. Just uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> We just want you to know. Thank you, you so to- much. Do you want me to do the line as Urkel, like how he would do it? Yeah, no, I would like that. that. I would like that. <laughs> it was always you, Laura. Oh, Come on. <laughs> oh my god! Just to break up the magic of the moment. Let's go. <laughs> you... That was awful. Oh, you ruined everything. You ruin her. My sister <laughs> likes you. <laughs> Sherry. All right. All right. All Let's right. Just move past that. Of course. So, Alan, what do you got, man? What What is your uh... What does your number two look like, sir? My number two will take us back to after-school TV. This might shock people, but not because of who it is, but the positioning on my list. My number two is Corey and Topanga. <laughs> that is surprising. At two? <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is a good one. Wow. Because... Everybody knows how much I love Boy Meets World. And everybody foretold and uh, and saw me picking Corey and Topanga as number one. But my number one will actually be more shocking. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. But number two, we have Corey, Tope- Corey and Topanga, the quintessential definition of an after-school romance. TGIF be damned, this romance transcends everything. They... Uh, Topanga moved to Pittsburgh and somehow managed to get back to Philadelphia in the pouring rain and found Corey's house. Okay. They went to different schools. They, again, they didn't like each other at first. In fact, that Topanga was the weird hippie that wore, that that had incredibly long hair and choker bracelets or choker necklaces, but Mm -hmm. somehow they ended up together and uh, they even got past Corey cheating on her with a very cute ski bunny that I still have a kind of a crush on. (laughs) I know it's a deep cut, but man, that ski bunny uh, was cute. And anyway, (laughs) so specific AP, you have to remember this girl. I definitely do not. And I love boy meets world. I do not remember the ski bunny. It's a deep cut, dude. I know we'll look it up and I'll, and I'll send it to you later. But Corey Topanga taught me about love. And this entire time, I've been sort of searching for that same thing. I've been lucky enough to find that. I'm just saying that Corey and Topanga are, for me, the pinnacle of love. Come for me. Because you can't. 
I'm not going to. I do have. I will come for the writers though of Boy Meets World. <laughs> I I recently we rewatched it. It totally holds up. It's wonderful. Mm. It's funny. <laughs> However, the Cory and Tabanga story starts very much like Cory is not interested at all. Tabanga mm-hmm. loves him. Cory is like, eh, she's a weirdo. Um, and then suddenly, like one episode passes, and they're absolutely in love with each other. Like, did I miss a season or what? <laughs> I had to go back. I went back and I was like, no, 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 this happened too quickly. And yeah, I don't know what happened with the episode progression. They were just like, we got to get a move on. These two need to be in love for this plot line to play out the way we see it. Yeah, I very it much quickly. Think, yes, I think that they were like, I don't know if we're going to get a second season. We should probably mm-hmm. have them fall in love now. <laughs> And then episode 11 happens, and all of a sudden, they're this beautifully in love couple. Interesting. It doesn't, I, I didn't it, realize that there was like that sort of like, because I was young. So I was just like, yeah, that's how it happens. Like you meet someone, you decide you like them, and then you're madly in love, and then you stay together forever. Because I had no concept of what relationships were when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11. But, um, but now thinking about it and from you bringing that up, I realize it's very, very strange and it makes no sense. However, I do love them. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're a great couple. They're, <laughs> it's the same, it's the same like dynamic of her being like, ugh, Corey, which mm-hmm. I love. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm here for like a couple who's not like so sugary, syrupy, sweet all the time. Cause like mm-hmm. who wants that? True. Yeah. That's boring. Really good at, yeah. It's just She's boring. really good at putting Corey in his place and like making sure he knows that you know he's not he's he's not the end all be all for her because Topanga got a lot cooler, Corey didn't. Uh, I feel like I definitely did a rewatch <laughs> at some point in the last couple of years as well. Um, Feeny is everything. Uh, yeah. I miss Minkus. I don't know why they. I don't know why Minkus didn't make it to the college years, but it is what it is. But he did um, make it to the sequel. So he made it to Girl Meets World, and his son oh, was nice. in their kids' class. So Minkus is that's still around. I, that's all I needed to hear. That's mm-hmm. what that's what brought it back for me. Um, what I loved about Corey and Topanga's love story, and this is an interesting angle f- for it, I think, is Sean didn't realize what he wanted until he saw that perfect reflection of love mm. in Corey and Topanga. Mm. And then that's all Sean could chase after. And I thought that was such a great arc for his character. Like he went, and he like, he, you know, he ebbed and flowed. Sometimes he went back to being the playboy, but for the most part, he knew that like that had to be where he got because he had just watched these two people grow together over the course of his lifetime. And like, that was the path for him. And I loved that. So I love that you the most that. complex. Yeah, yeah shout out to Sean. He was the best character on that show. He I mean, really Feeney was. was wonderful, but like Sean was the most like complete character, like most human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah, loved that it. cult episode is still something that sticks with me today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where Sean almost joins a cult. That was heavy. <sighs> yeah, that's All heavy. Love. That's it. That's yeah. all he's looking for. Yeah, Love and his teacher, right. and his teacher gets into a, uh, a motorcycle accident, and he just like yeah. he returns yeah. back to the cult. And like, no, <sighs> heavy. It's all Yo, that's heavy. crazy. I gotta give that wow. a rewatch, though. I gotta give that a <laughs> yeah, rewatch. Same, now that you said same. it, I gotta rewatch that one. That was. Big. Oh, it holds up. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I rewatched it recently because it's on Disney Plus. I was uh, just gonna ask Disney Plus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you for that pick, dude. Like that, that definitely took me down memory lane. Um, and then I guess we're on our uh, our big number ones now, eh? So we're gonna throw it to Anthony, and hopefully he does not disappoint. But I don't think I will. Okay. Um, I think even like uh, what? Go ahead, Alan. Your history always dictates that your number ones are huge letdowns. They're huge. So, <laughs> they usually are. You build this up like you have a good lead up, and then the number one comes. You're like, that was it. Never mind. Who's next? It's going to be somebody boring like Elaine or Jerry. (laughs) He's like, oh. I'm going to need a minute. Y'all are going to have to come back to me. (laughs) We need to redo some things here real quick. Um, I'm insulted uh, because I think I've been batting a thousand for this episode. So I don't know why you Mm. would all of a sudden think I'm going to drop the ball on my number one. So (laughs) silence to all of you. Um, I... I'm excited to share my number one because looking at my, like even looking at the honorable mention list, any of these could have made the list if I'm I'm being real. But my number one transcends all of them. 
Um, not for anything different than the other picks. I still think I have that underlying theme of like opposites attract of the neuroses being something that I find, I don't know, weirdly attractive. And this is going to be the case in this couple as well. I think this might be the first television character, I like fictional character I am absolutely in love with. So I'm giving my number one to Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So... Jake and Amy, another pair of polar opposites. No surprises here. Amy loves crosswords. Uh, she is obsessive compulsive. She's hyper competitive. She's a nerd. Uh, Jake eats cereal with orange soda, uh, jelly beans wrapped in <laughs> roll-ups, uh, and he can't do a push-up <laughs> to save his life. But what both of these characters, <laughs> a pull-up, excuse me, to save his life. But what both of these characters have in common is they are intelligent, they are hyper-competitive, and for whatever reason, they can't help but vie for the approval of their superior Captain Raymond Holt. Watching Jake and Amy's story progress from, I honestly, when I started watching it, I thought oh, this is refreshing. Like, I don't see Andy Samberg's character going anywhere here. I don't see anything developing between them. And I'm an idiot because by like episode seven of the first season, I was like, oh no, wait, that's exactly what they're going to do here. And so even knowing from, you know, early season one onward, what was going to happen with these two characters, I couldn't help but watch as, you know, things went their way. And then one of them felt had feelings and then the other had feelings, but then they would be dating other people. Um, Jake was dating Eva Longoria's character for some bizarre reason. Some it made no sense. He did that for himself. He was just like, you know what, if this is going to be my show, I'm picking my love interest. That's what that was. Yeah. Because in no world do yeah. we believe. Does he end up with Eva Longoria and then she ends up with uh, Teddy, whoever plays Teddy's character and his Pilsners. But I, I can't help but love how they played the two against each other and even their competitive nature and how it played into all the Halloween episodes that ultimately culminated into this romantic gesture, which again, I don't want to spoil. If you haven't seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, please put it too close to the top of your list under happy endings and I guess under Gossip Girl, but it should still be, it should still definitely be up there. Um, I can't I, I can't think of anything wrong with this, these two characters in their relationship. And I love I think Leanna said it best with with one of my picks. I love that they're two separate and like fully well-rounded characters on their own. And together it's just something else magical. And don't even get me started on the episode called Jake and Amy, because I could tear up right now. But anyway, <laughs> that's my number one. Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago. Amy Santiago, I love you, but I'm glad you found somebody. This is great. Um, keep it going. That's it. That's Deanna, what are your one. thoughts on Jake and Amy? I like it. I'm I uh, am not like super deep into Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I started it and I stopped it. I think I had watched it like after a more serious show. You know, sometimes mm. you watch a show and then you switch gears. Like, I remember distinctly, I don't know what I watched after, after, but I remember distinctly watching Mad Men and then switching gears to Broad City. And I was like, what's happening? What's going on in my brain? Like, <laughs> wow. That's which is like amazing. Levels. I love Broad City, but like, yeah, you know, different. So I think the same thing happened with me in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. However, the episodes I did see with them, I like, like, they're a fun couple. They're, they are. they're like, they're a couple that like you have to the party and you're not weird about like standing in the corner, talking to them, being like, if you two are boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're the type of people that you would invite to a party. They would stand in the corner on their own and be perfectly fine. They would end up making their own storylines and end up people watching the entire time. And then at the end of it, they would circle back to you and have their own theory as to what would happen the entire night. They're incredible. I, I love Amy and I love Jake. I love them separately and I love them together. They're incredible. Yeah, they're they're a very great, uh, great shout. Um, I just, I just like, I like Amy and I like Jake. I just wish Amy wasn't so lame. She's so lame and I can't get over it. <laughs> She's lovable. She's so lame. There's lovable, but I feel like there, there are times where it just pushes. It just pushes a little bit for me. And I was like, I couldn't stand this person. If I was around this person, I'm like, you're so lame. Like, just be a little cooler. Just a little bit. Just a little Whoa, bit. that was Anthony's dream girl. You just yeah, completely you? Yeah. He's lame. 
don't know if you know this. I do. I did recently start doing the New York Times Daily Crossword Puzzle, and it's a lot more fun than you'd think. Just oh my God. There it is. There oh it is. Quarantine's changed God. us all. It's Dude's lame as hell. <laughs> well, until it rubs, unless, uh, before it rubs off on us, uh, let's, uh, let's move on with number ones. Leanna, you're up. What do you got for your, oh. your couple that tops all couples? My number one couple is just a couple that was made for each other. They're two people that you couldn't imagine them with anyone else. They're a perfect weirdness that when it comes together, you're like, yes, I'm so glad for you two. They are from the hit show, The Office. But however, they are not the couple you think they are because I am not talking about Jim and Pam. I'm talking about Michael and Holly, the absolute soup snakes, the Yoda voices, everything is, this is it. This is what love is. This is what love should be. They don't at first seem that they're going to end up together. Of course it happens because it was always meant to happen. Her other lame boyfriend. He's awful. (laughs) He's awful. Everyone knew it wasn't going to be him. Such a wonderful, perfect, weird, complimentary couple. I do have a few things to say about Jim and Pam. So Jim and Pam, you know, I've been on the dating apps. Everyone's like (laughs) looking for the Pam to my Jim, blah, blah, blah. But are you though? Because let me tell you, they are not a good couple. They are not complete whole people on their own. They are so boring. Jim is like the, you know, if he wasn't cute, you would hate him. You would hate him. He's just attractive. (laughs) That's it. And then Pam is like quirky, but like not really, doesn't really have a personality. She's super meek. I'm not really a fan of a relationship that builds from cheating i'm not they're not my number Mm. one i'm not looking for the gym to my pam no he like buys her a house with zero input from her and it's his parents house weird he starts a business without telling her and lies about it not cool she cheats on roy with jim like they're just like toxic it's just (laughs) you know what they have like a few cute moments they they did it I would even go ahead to say they are a worse couple than Angela and Dwight. They're a worse couple than maybe even Kelly and Ryan. Ryan Pretty bad. (laughs) Pretty hard to be worse than, but at least they know. You know, at least they know they're shit people. Um, How do I follow that? Um, (laughs) Don't say I was expecting Jim and Pam to come up, but I was not expecting them to come up in that way. I was expecting you, Alan, to put them on your list at some point. And I was ready to make, hopefully, some of the eloquent points that Leanna made, but I don't have to anymore. As far as the actual, like, the, you know, the the actual pick that Leanna presented, I love Holly and I love Michael I don't know. Maybe I just never got attached to them as a couple. Maybe I, I could have done a better job of getting invested in them. And I know like how the story rounded itself out afterwards uh, and it kind of came together rather nicely. I think I got super pumped and super excited for their initial relationship. And then I I kind of forgot about it, but like, no, Michael was never going to end up with Janus. You know, none of the other relationships were ever going to work. So I, I should have known that that was coming back. And yeah, you know what? I, I, you know what? They, they deserve to be in the top three. I'm, I'm hesitant to give them number one, but I definitely think they belong in the top three. Um, and they definitely a better couple and a better fit for one another than Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam felt that whole idea of like, this was always meant to be felt incorrect when you, when you actually step back and look at their characters. Also, Brian, the cameraman was that weird guy from Silicon Valley. So I love uh, that. Oh my god. Tres commas. I never put that together. Yeah, He's tres yeah. commas. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Three comma clubs. Yeah. Um my take on this is that Michael and Holly are fantastic. They are uh the epitome like it's like watching two soulmates meet for the first time. Mm. They just get each other without saying words and uh for six seasons we've been built up to be for Michael to be like this awkward failure of a person when it comes to talking to the opposite sex. But when it came to Holly, he just hit everything right on the head. So, uh, I mean, I have nothing but respect for how uh, they 
portrayed that love line. Uh, I will say that Jim and Pam, uh, they are a little overrated. And in my opinion, a little boring, actually. So boring. So boring. And if you look at it from a different perspective, a lot of people keep saying this, is that Jim is actually the bully and the villain of the show. Yeah, he's an ass. He's a complete ass. (laughs) We've seen all the pranks. Yeah. Yeah. They bond over tormenting their coworkers. Like, that's how they start their stuff. And like, also like, you know, my like dream couple is not one that goes to therapy and is like, you know, couples therapy. Sure. It happens. It's real life, but I'm trying to escape into a a love story and that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like they threw in that, uh, that working from Philadelphia storyline in the last season, just because they had to do something different with the characters. Mm -hmm. Like they, they had just played out everything possible with, Jim and Pam up to leading to that point. So they gave him a little curveball in the gym working from another city. But I agree with Holly and Michael. Yeah, because they don't have any real like personality to them. Like there's no like there was nowhere to go with the storyline. So they had to like sprinkle in some some drama. But even the drama was boring. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. I honestly I completely agree with you. I think um I think Mike and Holly are a great pick. I have nothing bad to say about that. And I appreciate what you said about Jim and Pam. I think they're trash people. And like the fact (laughs) that they have the nerve to be boring and trash people, like how do you how dare you do both things you know what i mean it's like like jim is like a rice cake and pam is like wet bread in what (laughs) world does anybody care about those two things together i don't (laughs) if we're looking at how much of a jerk like jim is it's it's not even just pranks because people can play pranks that's okay like so you know people want to have a good time but it was the the level of just the maliciousness behind the pranks and I feel like the one that got me was the one where he just would would put a quarter into Dwight's phone every mm. day for a <laughs> month. And then one day he just took them all out. And, and so Dwight would hit himself in the face with that's 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 psychotic. Why would you do that? <laughs> so no complaints here. I good pick. I love your rant. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm happy. I'm happy about that. Um I will say Roy did suck. So I'm not no compassion for Roy, but Karen got a bad rap. Karen, got oh, Karen was, Karen so was a cool. fantastic character and yeah. they played her. So not they did play did. her. Oh, one thing her. about Roy though, remember Roy's wedding and how like wonderful Roy was after maybe Pam was just shitty. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Pam was a problem. Yeah. maybe he was just so bored by her that he couldn't be his full self. I don't know. I'm just saying like yep. Roy learned to play the piano and sing and had a very tasteful wedding. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Maybe it was Pam that brought Roy down this entire time. All right. So my number one is a perfect segue. We're going to leave the city of Scranton. We're going to take a short trip up the road. And we're going to turn right back around and come back to Scranton. Oh. Because my number one. Isn't Jim and Pam after that entire rant? Fuse. <laughs> it's not Michael and Holly. It's not Dwight and Angela. And it's not Andy and Aaron. It is the quintessential office couple of Kelly Kapoor and Ryan Howard. Of course. Not <laughs> it's not because they are a great couple on the show, but they kind of are. They're so shitty that they attract <laughs> each other and they and they elevate each other to a whole new level of shitty. Mm-hmm. But they I find I find them both so incredibly hilarious that their relationship actually extends outside of the show. Outside of their careers, they become best friends. And unconfirmed, she very well might be the mother of his baby. Kelly, Rajanaganda Kapoor, and Ryan Howard are perfect together. You didn't have to full name her. Oh, but Rajanaganda's a boy's name. She hates that name. She's always hated it. How yeah. dare you bring it up? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, first of all, how dare you <laughs> for, for putting this couple at the top of your list? Trash facts. <laughs> After all of the fantastic, beautiful love stories we spent the last little bit talking about, you had the audacity to put Ryan and Kelly at the top of the quintessential toxic couple, sir. No, no, no. I won't hear it. 
This is about the couples that are best together. That doesn't mean they have to be this cookie cutter relationship about love. I've got some. Okay. So go ahead, Leah. Do you believe that Ryan loves Kelly or do you believe that Ryan just wants Kelly when she doesn't want him? No, that's 100% what it is. Ryan wants what he can't have, but Kelly somehow manages to find his her way into his life all the time, and they make each other better for it. Define better. <laughs> they, they abandoned a baby. <laughs> they that's did. right. Baby Drake. They did. Baby <laughs> Drake. They're monsters. If you're looking for a couple that's so bad they're good, who you were trying to say, and the names that were escaping me a mere moment ago were Frank and Claire Underwood. That is a couple that is so horrifying as separate separate components, but together, for whatever reason, they're accomplishing great but awful things. Ryan and Kelly, I, they've never pulled off anything in their lives. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I could do without them. Ryan and Kelly are a spicy pick. I do respect. <laughs> I respect that. Um, I again, I'm going with the simple fact that their relationship goes outside of the show too. Mm, right, right, right. They both you know are writers I mean? on the show as well. They're both incredibly funny people, and they somehow manage to build a life outside of the office from the office based on the storyline. So, I mean, that's beautiful. Come on, it's beautiful. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I just, I just feel beautiful. like you're, suppl- you're supplanting my other Mindy Kaling picks. And that's, <laughs> that's a perfect segue, because with the last little bit of time we have left, I would like to know what everybody's honorable mentions are. Did anybody have Ooh. people that just didn't make the list, but were very, okay. very close to doing it? I'm going to yeah. beg to go first. Can I go first? Is go first. okay with me going first? Because I have Fine. five honorable mention picks. Five. But, five. I'm, but I'm not, but I'm not. Explain them. People will understand why these couples made the list. Um, but Cam and Mitch from Modern Family are a fantastic TV couple, so they had yeah. to make it for me. Sandy and Kirsten, I actually had from the OC. Ooh, mostly, right? Mostly really because good I met one. Peter Gallagher. Yep. And I love telling a story when I met Peter. Oh Gallagher. my god! Um, <laughs> oops, you dropped a name. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Um, I had Buffy and Angel um, oh, from yeah. Buffy from Buffy vs. Lore, uh, and then I had. Uh, Randall and Beth from This Is Us, and then I mm-hmm. rounded out with Dre and Bo from Blackish. So that's my; those are all TV couples that I think could have easily made it on this list, but just got bumped. Not Leanna. bad, Leanna. Leanna. What do you have? I have a couple. I have two of them, um, and they exude the same energy, uh, and they are Marshall and Lily, and Ooh. Andy and April. Both yep. like oh. quite chaotic, but like in like the best way. Together, they might have been like as a foursome, they might have been my number three if <laughs> yeah, I could have submitted together. that. Because they're both kind of like similar couples. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they're like not the main couple. Well, they're sure. usually more entertaining, the side couple. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised nobody else mentioned Andy and April. I'm surprised it took this long. Andy and April was my number four. Oh, they were okay. my number four. They they just squeaked out of it. And in mm. retrospect, knowing that Leanna had picked uh, Michael and Holly for her number one, I should have probably uh, bumped up uh, Andy and April into it uh, to, to break up the Scranton 40-minute mm. rant towards the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, April and Andy are my number four. And uh, 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 an unconventional pick for my number five would have been Conan O'Brien and his uh, and his host and his co-host Andy. I mean <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just a great they duo. They're, they're a great TV couple. And some would argue that they're just hilarious together. And as and as a diehard Conan stan, they are they just play off of each other so well. I love wow. it so much. Um, I mean, on my end, it was it was only two. I had Marshall and Lily was on mine. Um, mm. And then the one that I thought somebody was going to say, but I guess it doesn't count because they didn't really stay together. Sorry, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, are uh, Nick Miller and Jessica Day. Mm. That was my other couple in there. And the only reason I thought it would come up is because I also very much relate to Nick Miller and his curmudgeonness to everything in life. He's got that old man energy and I'm with it. I thought about Nick and, and Jess, like while you were talking about um, Mindy and Danny, they, they're kind of the, like similar sort of couple. See, and she and Jessica Day is the the kind of lame that I'm okay with. Like that doesn't go, she stopped <laughs> oh, just before. 
she's, she's too adorable or she's not adorable enough for you but yeah she's perfect she sits yeah, in the I right she's, she's in the pocket okay <laughs> but no one's pocket. really like that come on like no, she's, not you would be they, surprised they write ugh, i you know she's She's that character who's just like, oh, I'm weird. And she's like, yeah. that's great. Do that exact thing. That's a thousand percent, Leanna. Is that you, Jessica? Yeah. <laughs> like, we love it for her, but like, you, you know, I want to see a little more. We're going to pick a clip from this episode to post, and that was just it. That's the one. <laughs> That's, That's going to be the one. we try to figure it out. We're not going to have a higher note to end on. So I think that's probably a good place to, to end this episode. And I got to say, Leanna, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. It was a pleasure to have you. Your picks were definitely better than the other two gentlemen's picks. So I'm happy that <laughs> I mean, you were here to have good picks. I would, I would argue, but hey there's no point why bother the people Leanna, Leanna, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on the socials if you're at all interested in sharing that information oh sure uh you can find me at liana petridis l-i-a-n-n-a-p-e-t-r-i-d-i-s uh phonetic greek last name go for it uh, <laughs> yeah all of you if you want i'm not on we'll, twitter we'll tag you in something <laughs> you tag me somewhere i have yeah. twitter but i've tweeted exactly like three times and i have seven followers so don't find me there <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was incredible thank you so much for coming on this ride with us thank you Seriously. to all the listeners that have joined us for another episode tune in next week where the shenanigans will continue mm-hmm. see you then thanks everybody cue the music <laughs> The Braintrust Podcast is hosted by Alan, Anthony, and AP, three best friends with a penchant for arguing about the inane. Our theme music, production, and mixing is all handled by the very talented AP. Want to continue the argument online? Have a countdown you think we should tackle next? Hit us up at the Braintrust Podcast on Instagram or the underscore BT Podcast on Twitter. See you next week.